Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I am Jens Nelson. I am Lucas Stock. And this is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Thank you for joining us as we discuss and investigate theology, the Christian life, living Christianly, uh, as we strive for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. Well, my good sir, today is a special episode uh, because for whatever reason in our culture and society, we have determined that the number 50 is a nice round hole full number. Uh, if, if you aren't paying close attention to like when you click play on an episode, you might miss it. But today is episode 250. 250. That is somewhat mind-bending. I mean, I know there was a, a long period of time where we did two episodes a week, so like it's no wonder that we rose so quickly. But now that we've been doing only one episode a week for about a year, you know, that number, it takes it takes a considerable amount of time. I mean, when you consider if we do one episode a week, that means in 50 weeks, we will be at 300. So that's like almost a full year from now, unless we picked up the pace again. So all that to say, like, thank you guys i guess like thank you for listening to 249 other episodes thank you for listening to this 250th episode in a and 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 in a matter of weeks we will be at our three-year anniversary as a podcast so super cool super exciting so yeah that's that's awesome but uh today specifically we it kind we of have a, this milestone kind of crossing this milestone kind of rocks it does rock. You're right. It is super yeah. rocky. I love it. Um, which is a great segue, perhaps, into the <laughs> the topic of conversation today. Uh, this episode idea came from from Lucas. I'm sure he can give a little background as to like where he got the idea from. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about rocks, uh, not rock music, not the stones you might find outside your house per se, uh, but in per- but in particular. Um, Bible rocks, because the Bible does rock. So without any further ado, Lucas, take it away. Yeah, I was doing a little bit of of prep and work on a sermon that I'm preparing for one of my courses, and I I came across this this, um, section of a treatise that St. Cyprian wrote, um, where he's talking about, he's talking about um, Christ at like times in scripture um, where, where Christ is described as a rock or as a stone, as the rock, the stone, that kind of thing. And, and obviously he's, he's um, patristic theologian, bishop of early, early church, thinking a lot, you know, a lot, pretty much he's, he's working with the Old Testament. He's, he's definitely reading Christologically, which I'm, I'm all for. So I was going through, I, and I was just thinking about, um, the passages that he cites and then other passages were coming to mind as well. And I was like, huh, that's kind of interesting. And I also just recently heard a podcast talk about um, the stones on, on the high priestly garments. And I was like, oh, huh. And I'm starting to draw these connections and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, I just thought it was super interesting. And we used to do, I say we used to, we've done a few episodes like this at different points, uh, kind of taking a passage or taking an idea and tracing it through the text of scripture, which is something that we haven't done in a while, but, but I thought, I thought it could be cool. I thought it could be interesting and fun to, to do that. And so do that with the idea of, of stones or rocks. Um, I think stone is probably more often, you know, the word that would be translated 
in in our our translations just because that has a more more of a I don't know stone feels a little more uh, feels more dignified than rock <laughs> I don't know um, and also connotes maybe a certain size you know like a big rock is a stone but you might not call like a little pebble a stone although you might I, I don't know I don't know that's besides the point basically I thought hey this could be interesting to look at different you know not just these texts that that are being read by in this case Cyprian as explicitly Christological but also to look at other texts that mention stones and see if this is a pattern that 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 reemerges or, or see what if we if we just put all of these you know examples of times where where stones come up next to each other is there a pattern and whether there is a, a pattern or not what uh, what could we learn what 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 does the text of scripture have to teach us basically and i thought it could be fun and i had uh i would describe it as fun i don't know about you i guess <laughs> i can ask you know leave that to the side but it was my idea so i thought it was fun and uh, <laughs> basically what i did as just before we before i dive into anything what i kind of did was so i took i took the list that cyprian had which uh inspired me and and just listed them all out and then he also he also does he has this this uh this sort of argument he makes that I think is really, really cool that, that I want to mention that that comes from that. Um, and then what I did was I, I've been using, it just so happens the last like a couple weeks, uh, I've been using the CSB translation more than, than others. So I just went to Bible Gateway, went into CSB, and literally just typed in stone. Oh no, I'm sorry. I thought about doing that, but then I checked the back of the um, very nice edition of the CSB that you actually sent me. Um, and they had a little, like a lot of Bibles, they had like a mini, you know, like a short concordance, and they had a section for stone. And so I just wrote down all of the passages that showed up in that back of the Bible concordance of the CSB and just limited myself to to those texts because, you know, we... We only have so much time, and only so much time could I could spend prepping. So I, I didn't want. I decided to sort of limit it to to that. So if there's if there's a text that immediately springs to your mind that I don't mention, that's on me, or may, it might be a difference of translation. Probably it's just me not being exhaustive. Um, and basically, like I, I'm not going to go through all of them so much, just as share a few interesting thoughts I had, and I thought that. There are a few things that are like stone related that scripture does with respect to Christ that I think are worth talking about and are really, 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 really interesting. And um, I'll explain a little more what I mean in a little bit. But I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add as far as because I know I was kind of like, hey, what if we did this? And you were like, sure, why not? So I don't know if you did anything differently um, or, or had anything in particular in terms of a specific passage or a specific idea that you thought would be helpful to start with. But I'll kick it back to you just to, yeah. to round out this intro. Well, when I saw that you had a nice exhaustive list, I was like, okay, I, I don't need to do that. Like that was one thought I had. And so I just, I took it a slightly different direction. I just thought of it more generally, more abstractly. So I'm sure I'll have things to share as we carry on in this conversation. But I felt like it was worth saying at the outset that like most like most metaphors applied to God in scripture or applied to Christ in scripture, um, 
this idea, this like this the stone, rocks, whatever we want to say, it's like very multifaceted. There's a there's a lot of depth to this one. Um, you know, it it might be informing something like you know the Lord is stable, his his nature is unchanging. Like when you think of rocks, that's that's sort of like an idea. Uh, it might tell us about his strength or his ability to safeguard his people. You know, when it talks about being a fortress, a fortification. Um, you know, those provide refuge, they protect from elements and other dangers. Um, so like, those are things to be thinking about as we talk about these things. Uh, what's really cool, um, having, as we've said, a, probably a thousand times at this point on this podcast, you know, Lucas and I are Moody grads, my, uh, area of study, my, my degree was in biblical studies, um, with like a, you know, a theology emphasis. So there were a lot of uh, term papers that were like a biblical theology of blank. You know, I wrote one, a biblical theology of water. Pretty sure one of my classmates did this very topic, a biblical theology of rocks, tracing that theme from start to finish throughout scripture. You know, where do we see it in Genesis? Where do we see it in Exodus? Where do we see it all the way through the book of Revelation? And doing that, uh, is is informative because we we when read in isolation, if you were, if we were just to read one of these texts, we might not get the full picture that we would otherwise get when we have this long list of of, of references, of ideas, um, of of even like characteristics being built and extrapolated and giving a a, a more full and whole meaning. Um, the only other thing really that I wanted to say at the outset is uh, the interesting juxtaposition, perhaps, between idols as stone and uh, Christ as stone. Um, because when we, when we read, especially the Old Testament, you, we read countless times of, you know, so-and-so people worshiping idols of stone, wood, other, you know, valuable gold, silver, whatever, um, but particularly those of stone, you know, I think of passages that talk about how these idols have eyes but cannot see, ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell. Um, but, you know, the Lord is our our rock, our living rock, the one who we can truly take refuge in. Um, I just, I always find that interesting when uh, when we look at the the gods, the idols of the, the pagans of the Old Testament and, and compare and contrast that to the one true living God of, of the people of Israel, and then how even those ideas, when Christ comes, are taken to their greater, fuller fulfillment, really, their, their true and, and, and real substance. So those are just some of my like introductory thoughts. Those are things that I thought at the outset are, are worth saying and exploring as we as we roll into the rest of that. I just try to find a rock pun. Do rocks <laughs> yeah. roll as we set sure, ourselves ro- up no, as like, a fortress? We'll be we'll be a couple of rolling stones as we meander our way through through whatever. And hopefully, you, in the end, we come out more it. round and more polished and more. Whatever you know, whatever. You, t- just That's t- right. take the mic away from me. I'm. T- <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So so to kind of start with quickly, um, Cyprian, who kind of inspired me to to think about this. So he he gives there's this this he, and he does it very quickly as well. He just quotes all these verses. So he's got Isaiah twenty eight sixteen. He's got Psalm one eighteen. Zechariah 3, Joshua 24, and Acts 4, 8 through 12. So he's got he's just got this this list that he's going through where he's like quoting these these examples where prophetically and um, Christologically 
Christ is being compared to or Christ is being described as a stone, that kind of thing. But then he does this really interesting thing where he he immediately moves into Christ, the stone. So like this stone that is being prophesied. And I think a really important one is going to be Isaiah 28, 16. Um, well, really a couple of, of different Isaiah references to stones really connect back to Christ. But so in Isaiah 28, 16... Um, that's, that's where God, God states that he's, he's laid a precious stone in Zion. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, and I didn't, I didn't write out all these passages cause it would like, it, we just don't have the time to go through them. So I didn't, I didn't bother copying the entirety of, of all of these passages. But, um, also in, in Isaiah is where, um, Christ is prophesied as, and, and this is picked up in Romans, um, as, uh, that Jesus is a the stone that the builders rejected, coming from Psalm 118, and also that he is a stumbling block. So in Isaiah 8, 14, he, God says that he's going to be a, a stone that people are going to stumble over. And, and Paul picks this up in Romans 9, 32, that um, the people who have rejected Christ as the Messiah, they have stumbled over him. He has, he is the stone that the precious stone laid in Zion that has been stumbled over, right? Um, and 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 this going back to Psalm one eighteen, this stone that the builders have rejected has now become the cornerstone, the capstone, the keystone of the church of, of his body on, on earth, right? And 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 we see that. And um, but what so so if we kind of have that as a framework of, of Christ as the stone as this recurring sort of prophetic future, like looking to the, you know, the, the, the future fulfillment of God's people, God, you know, the, the holy mountain we've talked about long, long ago of God on, on Zion. And what Cyprian does, which, which is just amazing to me is he immediately, he says, so Christ, this stone, he, we see in scripture, he points to Daniel two, the vision that Daniel interprets. If you'll remember, there is a giant mountain or like a giant stone, a stone is cut out of a mountain, I believe. Um, and it, it is basically, if I remember, is hurled at <clears throat> this vision of this magnificent statue that, that Nebuchadnezzar is seeing where the different uh, world empires are being represented by these different materials, and then it smashes it. It smashes this collection of, of world powers, and this stone becomes a mountain which fills the whole earth. And Cyprian is saying, that's Christ. And then that mountain, the mountain of God, Mount Zion, the church, see our episode on Mount Zion, Hebrews 13, etc. Um, all the all the all the nations, the Gentiles, come to that mountain to to worship God. And that's exactly what Christ fulfills is in, in his exaltation, he draws all people to himself. He breaks down the dividing wall of hostility, Ephesians 2. Um, you know, the Gentiles are grafted in to the, the root of Israel. And you see how, by looking, you see this, this, you know, speaking from the Old Testament perspective, this future prophetic event is being communicated in these prophecies about stones, which is super interesting. And... And just not something I've heard before. So it really stood out to me when I saw and read Cyprian doing that. 
And so that's why I was so inspired because I thought it was such it was such a um, remarkable little f- interpretive thing that he's doing. So then I looked through all these other stony passages, right? And I'm not going to read all of them, but let's let's say some of them have are more relevant than others, right? It's not like if you and this is a good just sort of principle of of biblical interpretation and hermeneutics and biblical theology is like. If you take something like like we're doing stones, or you take something like water, like you said, or if you did mountains, or if you did, you know, blood, or like literally anything you can possibly think of, any term or concept or idea, and you start and and you gather all the data together, um, in order to faithfully read scripture, you can't assume. So every time you see the word stone. It's going to mean nothing more and nothing less than whatever it means in this other verse, right? So there might be a verse like in Daniel two, where where it's very clear that this this you know stone in the vision is referring to that future son of man, the future Messiah, Christ. So then you say, oh, okay. Well, when I'm reading the Old Testament or when I'm reading the Bible, stone means Jesus. So now, every time I see the word stone, I'm going to fill in my, into my head Jesus. And if you do that, it might seem like you're being kind of, you know, interpreted, you know, like, oh, I'm reading, I'm reading scripture as a whole. I'm reading canonically. But also, there's also verses like Psalm 91.12, you will not strike your foot against a stone, which Jesus takes and kind of applies to himself when he's fighting with the or, or the devil applies it to jesus and then jesus says well you you also shouldn't put you know um put the lord your god to the test um and it wouldn't really make sense to say that you know jesus isn't going to stumble by striking his foot against himself right <laughs> um or it wouldn't make sense to say that we as God's people are going to be protected by God so that we won't strike our foot against Jesus. That doesn't really make sense because we're following Jesus. So, so you can kind of see just that as just one example where um, there's, there's a danger in thinking that basically kind of flattening everything out because words and ideas and, and human language are, are more complex than that. And they, they're, their meaning needs to be derived from how it's being used. So that's something to be attentive to and something that I've tried to be sensitive to as I've kind of been, been looking at this. But there are all there are all these passages, Old and New Testament, in Isaiah, like we've said, Ecclesiastes, Exodus, Matthew, Ezekiel, Luke, John, Romans, Corinthians, First Peter, like and some of them, like I said, some of them are more obviously related to ideas of Christ's person and work or salvation or connecting back to the work of God, the, you know, the holy place of God, that kind of thing. Um, and others aren't, but it is interesting that there is actually quite, there's more than I thought that the, and, and it seems, it seems like a lot of it centers on these ideas from Isaiah of like the stone that the builders or Isaiah and Psalms, the stone that the builders rejected and the stone of stumbling being laid in Zion by God, which both of those are, are clearly messianic. And even if you're not a Christian, like I think, I think it's, 
it's safe to read them that way. But but it, they're clearly referring to Christ. And a lot of what's going on in the New Testament of these like significant references to stones are either quotes or at least allusions to those particular passages. Like I've already mentioned how Romans picks that up. Um, but but that's not just true of, of, of Romans or not just true of Paul even. Um, so it's really it's really interesting. And it's interesting to to think, well, like my, in my experience, I'm not a huge biblical theology fan, but in my experience, when I think of something like this, like what does the what does the Bible say about rocks? And I like take the time just not even to do any like deep dive so much as just to line up a bunch of verses and then read them one after the other. It just makes you think differently because we can't read the entire Bible all at once. So like you were saying, like, like at any given moment, I can only be reading one, you know, section at a time just because that's, I'm, you know, I can only be reading one page at a time. So when you, when you spread that out over, you know, every morning I, I read a chapter or every, you know, every Sunday hearing the scriptures read, like there's going to be things that you know that you don't see the connections until you read them right next to each other. And that's, that's, it's, it doesn't always mean like you're going to unlock some like secret knowledge that you didn't know about before, but it's more just, you get to see the way that scripture is woven together in a perspective or from a perspective where you have these things lined up next to each other that aren't next to each other in our Bibles. And you get to see how, how those connections uh, emerge when you're able to see them from a, from more up close, you know, when you start getting the details. Well, and if nothing else, what it shows is like, despite the diversity of authorship, it shows the, um, perhaps the themes, the motifs, the, the, lived thought even of like the people of like what these things mean and represent they're not just stones that i see in a physical world but they they represent something greater something more grand something true and real um because i mean yeah you mentioned exodus first samuel psalm ecclesiastes like those are just to name a few all written by different people in different times with different experiences uh, but in some way writing about these same things and that's that's just kind of cool yeah exactly it's something slightly different in case somebody's saying like okay like yeah that's that's cool that's interesting but like isn't there you know isn't there a danger in trying to see trying to trying to cram jesus into the old testament in places where he might not fit and that's a i think a very common you know certainly certainly at a place like moody we had in our training in our time there. I know we had a big emphasis on historical grammatical exegesis, um, and and really emphasizing the importance of historical context in interpretation and understanding. Um, and you know, for starters, I would just say, well, the church has always read the Old Testament scriptures christologically. Um, that's what they're writing about. That that's that's sort of just a confession of faith. That if you're a Christian, you are you you kind of sign up for that. <laughs> but also, one thing that I would want to point out is just how this is what the apostles did. Um, in first, you know, I mentioned a First Corinthians. Um, uh, or I might not have mentioned First Corinthians, but um, in First uh, Corinthians. Paul is talking about, he, he's referring back to the experience of Israel in 
during the Exodus being delivered. And he talks about during their their wanderings in the wilderness, they they ate this. The, the, he was talking about the people eating the same spiritual food and the same spiritual drink, um, which is a reference to manna, um, which in John six Jesus connects to his flesh, being like manna being bread of heaven, his flesh being the true bread from heaven, um, being him being the, the the bread of life, the true bread from heaven, the true manna, um, and then also same spiritual drink and that and he and he talks about them drinking water from the rock which happens at i believe two points during the 40 year wilderness stories that we have uh, there's there's the you know brief refresher there's the time moses gets mad and hits the rock instead of um tapping it or he hits it three times instead of hitting it once or, or something and that's that's why he doesn't go in the promised lands because he didn't listen to um, God's instructions, which were, which was, you know, his frustration led him to sort of go beyond the instructions. But anyway, Paul says, and that they drink the same spiritual spiritual drink, drinking water from the rock, and that rock followed them around for forty years, which is you know a slightly different conversation. But and that rock, the rock, was Christ. So Paul is Paul is directly doing what it is that you know i'm i'm saying cyprian was doing in that collection where he's he's drawing these connections and what i'm sort of saying we should be attentive to and, and expand on even um when we come across moments in the old testament where where stones are sort of highlighted in different ways um that's exactly what what Paul's doing is he he understands this this you know desert miraculous provision of of the waters of life that Israel experiences it's not a hard it's not really when you put it that way at least i don't think it's a hard um it's a hard leap to see to see Christ in that right you know he says, like I said, the bre- he's the bread of heaven. He says he will give you living waters and you'll never thirst again. So um, just as a little bit of an aside to be like, this is this is uh, warranted in the New Testament itself in terms of in terms of reading Old Testament examples of stones this way. And then there's also all kinds of things where, in my opinion, stuff just doesn't make as much sense if we just kind of take it as, Oh, it's not that important. There's nothing. Go- there's nothing going on here beyond the the stone itself. Like I think of, you know, when Israel when the people of Israel are going in. So so after the wilderness, uh, when they're going in under Joshua to start the conquest, and the Lord parts the Jordan. So not not the Red Sea, but later when He parts the Jordan, and He tells someone from each tribe to pick up a stone. So there are 12 stones that are laid on the other side of the Jordan. They're, they're from, from the, the, the riverbed of the Jordan. As the, as the waters have been parted, take a stone and, and they put it as, um, I believe it's at Gilgal, they, they put it as a, as a remembrance of, of what the Lord has done. And it seems just kind of like, like you could see that as like, well, you know, it was just convenient, right? Like, if you're in a riverbed, there are rocks, and this is a good way to make a reminder. So God had them take rocks from the riverbed. 
But I mean, I also think there's something more. I mean, you look at the significance of, of the Jordan River in the history of, of the people of Israel and, and what we the miracles we see associated with it in the Old Testament. Like I think of like Naaman the leper from Syria, his cleansing. And then also like Jesus's baptism in the, is in the Jordan, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like these stones being a, like specifically what they're, a reminder they're they're a reminder to israel of god's faithfulness and deliverance and they're sort of standing there as a witness against israel if they would ever forget that and that's exactly at the end of joshua which is the passage i'm actually still prepping a sermon for um he when the people say we're they, they renew their covenant they say we're gonna we're gonna serve god he takes it says he sets up a stone as a stone of witness so that the people would not forget, because this, this, he's like, the stone has heard all of the words we've said today as we have renewed our covenant. And this stone is a witness against you if you fall away in disobedience and break the, the, the commands of the covenant. Like, this stone will be a witness against you that, about what you, what you committed to, what you covenanted to today. Um, and it's like, I mean, something's going on there, in my opinion. Something is going on. We're talking about we're talking about covenant relationship. We're talking about covenant status, obedience to, to the God of Israel. Like there's just more going on than just like, oh, look, here's a rock. Let me make like a visual lesson. Um, it's not less than that, but I just think it's it seems odd. And to have it presented in scripture and, and you know, come to us in the specific form that it is, which is these are. These are documents that are received as scripture. It's not like just anything gets put in to the Bible. <laughs> you know, like there's plenty of stuff that isn't important that gets left out. So I think another helpful little principle to keep in mind is like, well, why is this here? And as as people who believe that, that scripture is God's word, I think one of our starting presuppositions is that at least to start, you know, when we start asking our questions, I think it's a safe assumption to begin with that if something is is has been uh, maintained in the text of Scripture, it's probably there for a reason. Um, now, I'm not saying there aren't any little details that are just little details. Of, of course, there are. But I'm just saying, as a as sort of a rule of thumb principle, it seems to me more likely than not that. Something is being written down in the text of scripture for a specific reason for us as the, the hearers and readers of scripture. Um, so I don't know. I don't, I don't really have much else to say um, other than just like do this. You know, go on to go, go look in a concordance or, a, or on a Bible website and just type in stone and just see or, or anything else. But like it's just it's just really interesting. You it know? is. Yeah. Um, and there's more like. There's always surprise. I feel like there's always surprises when when somebody tells me about something like this, or I do a search like this. Like I'm always I'm always surprised at something. Yeah. Um, that's there, and it's always been there. But like we've already said, you just need to see it from a certain angle to really to really notice it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I think stones is one of those things that it's easy to skip over <laughs> because. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> because it just, it seems like, oh yeah, I mean, you know, I go outside, there are rocks on the ground, like, you know, I'd like, oh, there's, there's a gravel path or like, like, you know, it's a very, it's a very mundane object, yeah you know? And, and I think that might all, you know, as I say it out loud, that might also be part of it too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it's just really interesting. And that's kind of like, 
maybe not the best reason to spend time recording a podcast episode, but it's what motivated this initially for me is like, this is just really interesting stuff. So yeah, um, I hope I hope that I was able to communicate some of the interests today. And I'm not trying to cut us short. I'm just saying like, no. that's sort of the gist of it, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know like what else, what else you have in mind. I don't have a ton else on, uh, on the docket here. I just, I, I think it's really interesting. Um, you know, if you do consider some of these passages in isolation, if you take them in their context, in their time, in their place, it is, it is really it, an interesting thing to consider, like the ways in which we assign meaning to things. So for these people to assign meaning, for example, to those stones that they set up at the Jordan, like those were just rocks. Those rocks had been there. Who knows how long? I mean, God had probably in his providence put them there or allowed them to be there in that time, in that place. But it wasn't like there was anything special per se about those rocks. What's special is what they resemble what they mean it's it's the meaning that is put into them that infuses the significance um it, we do the same thing uh, in our society in our day and age we we infuse meaning into things that perhaps on their own don't necessarily have meaning um but i think of something like for example the 10 commandments in the law given on tablets of stone as opposed to, you know, papyrus or some sort of scroll or some sort of uh, other form of, of having things written down. But what does it mean for something to be inscribed in stone? I mean, we've, in our world, that, that typically has also a fuller meaning. We even have, like, figures of speech, like, oh, it's not written in stone. You know, it's just written in pencil, meaning you can erase it, you can change it. But something carved in stone uh, has this idea of like permanence of something that cannot be changed or transformed at least not easily um so those are things to consider like when you if if after this episode episode you feel inspired to go to to go do this like think of those those things in their place in their context uh the meaning that might be available there but then also more broadly when you compare and contrast to the the other places that you find rocks or the other place that you find stones like what what connections can be made and and as lucas already alluded to sometimes you you just can't like sometimes a word is just a word like the one that came to mind for me was um you know i forget the exact reference but like if if they didn't speak even the rocks would cry out like jesus says like they're just rocks. He, what he's saying is like, these people are going to speak. And if they didn't, I mean, inanimate objects would. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that Jesus is those rocks per se. Um, so like, yeah, sometimes words are just words, but other times words are, are infused with meaning greater than what is readily apparent. So yeah, I, I love, I love doing studies like this. Um, I think that can be incredibly helpful, especially as we try to get an idea of uh, the overarching narrative of, of scripture. Um, so I, I don't have anything else. If you're ready, we'll, we'll close with a word of prayer. And this is, I'm not going to read all of Psalm 18. I'm just going to read part of it starting in verse one. It says, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock, where I seek refuge, my shield in the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I was saved from my enemies. 
The ropes of death, uh, of death were wrapped around me. The torrents of destruction terrified me. The ropes of Sheol entangled me, and the snares of death confronted me. I called to the Lord in my distress, and I cried to my God for help. From his temple he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. Amen. Amen. Well, well, well. Here we are. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to this 250th. 250th episode of the doxology podcast uh thanks again for all the support over the years we're like we've we've mentioned a couple times recently just super grateful as always that hasn't changed and also just excited uh just a fun it's just such a fun time to get to come together uh us two and you know via the time travel of the internet, you virtually, whoever's listening, <laughs> uh, and get to chat about all manner of different things and wide variety of topics that that are um, hopefully edifying and informative and interesting. Um, but if they aren't, and you'd like to let us know in a strongly worded tweet and or email, we are on Twitter at Doxology Podcast or available by email. Well, the email's open 24-7. We probably won't look at it if you send it at, you know, 3 a.m. or something. But I guess you never know. Who knows? But that's doxologypodcast at gmail.com. We'd love your angry and nice feedback, your questions, your future episodes idea, future episode ideas. And um, until we hear from you, whether that's in the next episode or online in between, uh, you know, have a good one. Keep rocking on, and we'll see you later. Peace.